Want a holiday gift your employees or clients will actually love? Send them gourmet peanuts from Hubbard Peanut Company. Hubs Peanuts is a family-owned company that's been making high-quality, delicious peanuts and sending them to every corner of the globe since 1954. Order some of Hub's plain, salted, or chocolate-covered peanuts in a special gift tin for the perfect gift for your friends, employees, clients, or even yourself. Visit hubspeanuts.com. That's H-U-B-S-peanuts.com. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it. Which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Jason Ford. As always, I am joined by the finer Pete Rogers Jr. Pete, how you doing, man, on this uh, Wednesday evening? I had to think about what day it is. What's going on, brother? I'm doing... What's going on? Sorry about that. Um, I'm trying to figure out if it's you or me. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us this week. Um, you know, I- I'm excited. I'm good. I, you know, it's a fight island card. Crazy fights. Yeah, I, I'm crossing my fingers hoping that nothing happens to any of these fights but it does seem like there are more quality matchups um you have a ton more fights and uh some really really interesting matchups yeah man there there is some fights on this card that i would tell you that i'm really interested in obviously the main event is a fight that definitely interests me a lot Uh, as you look down i mean obviously we're going to break down these fights throughout this show is there a fight as you broke down tape you're just like man this is gonna be a banger yeah, man. I mean, I'm excited for the main event for sure. Um, I really am. I think that it's an important matchup for both guys for the division going forward. Um, I also am really interested in seeing my boy Aspinall. Uh, we know that I'm I'm high on him. I'm high on uh, Romanov as well in the UFC. I hope they never have to cross paths. But uh, yeah, man, I- I'm excited for this card. Yeah, we, we right when I uh, I started kind of looking at this fight card, I saw Tom Aspinall there. I was like, oh, Pete. And then, so I always look at the prices first. I know you don't. So I was like, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention this, Pete, yet. When you saw the price tag, were you like, crap? Um, not so much because I do love the matchup and I do think that it's warranted. Uh, I mean, the guy went out there and put on a show. And if you look at the stat sheet, the stat sheet, he's absolutely killing it. Um. You know, it's a tailor-made matchup. He's a heavyweight against a guy that likes to strike, who has been knocked out in the past. I think it's a nice matchup for him. Um, 9,400 is a little rich for a guy that really we've only seen 40 seconds of in the UFC. But, um, you know, I understand your, you know, your hesitancy, but I really, really like him here. Yeah, no, I, I get it. But, yeah, there is uh, there's some price tags that I thought were pretty interesting. But, uh, you know, Pete, as we uh, get ready to talk about all these fights, definitely got to mention the fact of uh, – your favorite fight of the week is actually the main event this yeah. week. The 8,000 versus 8,200, which is Marlon Moraes versus Corey Sanhagen. 
Uh, you know, uh, eight thousand for Marlin, eighty-two hundred for Corey, nineteen dollars on Fanduel, twenty for for Marlin, twenty-one for Corey. Uh, you know, I, I guess part of my thought process with this Pete is, okay, what does Corey look like after what we saw happen to him uh, last week, uh, his last fight against Aljo? You know, that that that's part of my question. Um, and then also, if this fight makes it to the fourth and fifth round. Can Marlon Moraes have the gas tank to win this fight? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm really excited to see how Sanhagen responds to that loss to Aljamain Sterling. I mean, it's no secret leading up to that fight, I did favor Sanhagen in the matchup. I, I liked him in that matchup. I thought that if it kept, you know, if, it, if the fight stayed standing, he could, uh, you know, really start to pick apart Aljo despite the, the volume. Um, this situation is a little bit different. He will have the volume edge over Marlon Marais, um, but Marlon really fades as the fight goes on. And we've seen that he kind of like drops off a cliff as the fight reaches the third, fourth, fifth rounds or however long it goes. Sometimes even the second, Jason, um, you know, so Marlon is definitely a cardio liability, but within the first two rounds, he's extremely dangerous and can finish a fight wherever you talk about a guy that head kicked and basically it was a head kick, but caught Aljamain Sterling with the knee. Uh, and knocked him out. I mean, the guy um, was able to take out Rafael Sanzal via submission. So the guy can, he can do it all. And, and the, the the thing with his knock, you know, the knock on him is his cardio. And a guy coming from team elevation and Corey Sanhagen is really, really going to push that high volume striker. I'm, I just want this fight to stay standing for my own pleasure. I really want to just watch, you know, the both talented strikers go at it. Uh, you know, I kind of it's I hate this this price tag obviously, but I kind of favor Sanhagen in hopes that it reaches beyond three. I don't see how you avoid this fight on DraftKings. Now I I don't see why you would want to. I mean, this is a very pivotal matchup. So there, uh, you know, Sanhagen at eighty two hundred. If he wins, he's probably based on his volume going to break the slate. Marlon Marais. If he wins, most likely it's via via stoppage. I would imagine. I, I don't really see him winning a decision against uh, Sanhagen. So I really think that the price tag, you know, makes him, uh, you know, a necessary commodity for for your lineup. You know, we always talk. I'm I'm more of a, a Fanduel guy. Uh, I don't, you know, nineteen and twenty one dollars. I don't know if I would say it's a must roster fight on Fanduel. I mean, I, I think if you know. I, I Morais makes sense if he goes out there and gets a first round finish, especially if you put him in the captain spot. Uh, Sanhagen, though, I think does make some sense as well. But you you got to pay twenty one dollars for Corey Sanhagen, and I, I just don't know if I, I love you know. And the, uh, when we talk about the Fanduel pricing, they they price up the main event, so there's never a cheap way to go to the main event. You know, we saw last week. You had to have Holly Holm in your lineup. If she was not in your lineup, you you weren't uh, you know you weren't cashed in first place. Yeah, I think it's important to note that whenever there's a five round fight, unless you are completely feeling so confident in one side, you know you definitely need to split your ownership because the likelihood is that you know the winner of the five round bout will most likely be in the optimal lineup. I mean, more often than not, that's usually what happens. Jason, uh, we went through a recent stretch where that was kind of not the case, but. Uh, you know, more often than not, that's basically the best way to go about that. So I'm going to split my ownership here with Sanhagen and Marias. Obviously, for the reasons I pointed out, uh, the longer the fight goes, it favors Sanhagen's uh, volume striking. But he does have an accomplished ground game as well. So don't sleep on his ground game just because Aljo choked him out. Um, 
Marlon throws bombs and has great jujitsu as well. So, you know, perhaps the, the length and reach of Sanhagen will work in his favor for, for five rounds. By the way, if you do have any questions on those fights, leave them right there uh, in YouTube or also in our premium Slack account as well. We will get to those questions as we do go on throughout this fight card. Co-main event, we got Barboza and Amira Khani. Uh, Amira Khani, uh, uh, you know, a notable underdog in this matchup, over a 2-1 betting underdog. What's your take on it? God, what a – oh, how the mighty have fallen, man. Barboza, he's 14-9 and nine in the UFC, and uh, I feel like we're kind of clinging on to – our, our memory of Edson Barboza of like his achievements in the division. I mean, he's put, he put a beating on Dan Hooker. He, uh, you know, hit Terry Idum with a, with a spin and hook kick. And that we, that's probably the best highlight in all of UFC history. Um, you know, the guy has really struggled against grapplers and, uh, that's just the way around like certain styles. It's not a good matchup for him. Uh, he really struggles against grapplers. If he cannot prevent the takedowns, uh, he will either get controlled and dominated uh, through ground and pound or somebody will work towards a submission. Now, um, Barboza definitely has the experience and UFC experience in this situation. So 8,800 is based on his history, but this fight kind of reminds me of how Tyron Woodley was up against uh, uh, Gilbert Burns, where we're kind of like clinging on to uh, old memories and like what he used to do, what he used to do. But, Recently, Jason, is there anything that really makes you have any confidence in Barboza? Like, there's nothing that should be making you, like, say, yeah, I want to roster him. I want to throw money on him. He's a minus 260 favorite. That is insane for how terrible he's been fighting. Um, You know, I mean, he's on a rough patch right here, man. And and let's be honest. He should not lose a fight to Amir Khani because Amir Khani is a one-trick pony. He will press you against the cage and go for relentless takedowns. But that is the style to beat Edson Barboza. So, I mean, you can, you can do worse than Amir Khani at 7,400 as an underdog. He's definitely in play and a guy that I am circling. Yeah, as people are mentioning about uh, you know Barboza getting robbed in his last fight. Yeah, I thought he won that fight. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. it didn't go his way. But th- mm-hmm. th- those things happen. Um, I will say this. The $13 price tag on Amir Khani on FanDuel is very intriguing. However, if Barboza can stop the takedowns, he could be an interesting play on FanDuel. I, I think he's an interesting play regardless. Um, and trust me, I'm not hating on Barboza. I'm stating facts. He, he, has, he has really dropped off. Um, you know, But he's fought better competition than Amir Khani. And... Uh, you know, you don't know how prepared somebody's going to be until they face, you know, a tough, tough test. And this is Amir Khani's tough test. So will he pass the test or not? Um, you know, I think Dan Ige was more than content with standing and training with him for a little bit. Uh, or, you know, Amir Khani's really going to throw a couple shots and die for relentless takedowns, 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 and try to zap that energy. And uh, a very dangerous guy like Barboza does have you know, some cardio flaws similar to Marlon Marais, um, you know, but it's a fight I'm getting exposure to again. Like, I think main event and co-main event are very important for lineups this week. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's the biggest fight of Amir Khani's career. There's no doubt about it, but you, you label it out right there. If Amir Khani is going to win this fight, it's him getting a fight to the ground. He's not going to win a stand-up fight. Yeah, and I mean... Who would think Barboza would lose a fight to Amir Khani? He should not. And, you know, this experiment at 145, 
you know, maybe it's not going to go as well as he had hoped. I mean, he, he did seem like he had one foot out the door at one time and was looking towards uh, leaving the sport. But I mean, the guy's a part of a great camp at American top team. I would imagine they have him well prepared for a one trick pony in Americani, but similar to the main event, split your exposure. Yeah, no, that that's something to, uh, to pay attention there in terms of that one. And, uh, you know, the, the, the 8,800 price tag on, uh, on what bows on DraftKings does kind of scare me a little bit. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, cause there's so many, it doesn't give you confidence. 8,800. There are plenty of better options around there, but I mean, Barboza, if he wins, he most likely finishes on Mercani. Yeah, I'm with you there. Then we got a heavyweight matchup. Ben Rothwell taking on Marcin Tybura. 8500 for Ben Rothwell. 7700 for Marcin Tybura. $18 for Rothwell and FanDuel. $16 for Tybura. Yeah, so Rothwell has a wealth of experience. You talk about a guy with 50 fights who doesn't really impress you that much, but his finishing uh, ability early on in his career is insane. 89% throughout his 38 victories. That is crazy. That is such a high rate. So talk about heavyweight MMA. Rothwell is definitely the more dangerous guy. Uh, Marcin Tabora is six and five in the UFC. Um, you know, the similar body types, I would expect this to be mainly against the cage. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of clinching. I favor Rothwell in the matchup. I do think that, you know, he has the better chance of getting a finish or, or has the better chance of, dominating the fight i mean granted that we're talking about high level mixed martial artists so one slip up one guy can take advantage of a situation and marcin tabora does have you know finishing ability as well 68 percent finishing ability out of 19 victories but for me probably not my favorite fight to target jason i i really i don't know i mean tabora has been knocked out quite a bit in his career and, uh, you know, perhaps Rothwell can do it. But at 38 years old, has he lost a step at all to get a finish? I expect him to get the decision. But, uh, you know, a finish at 38 would be impressive. But at, at, let's say Rothwell gets the decision. Does he pay off the $8,500 price tag? Mm, I They're both generally low output guys. Um, a lot of output in the clinch, which sometimes is not counting counted as significant strikes. So, uh, you know, you're talking about stat corrections and uh, not getting all the punches and significant strikes counted. So that could be a worry here in this matchup. So I'll have a little ownership for this one, but uh, definitely so many fights. If you don't feel comfortable with a matchup, move on. You know, there, there's so many other so many other fights. Are you saying DFS players are not the biggest fight metric fans? Man, I think that fight metric is probably our worst enemy because uh, – I don't know how often fight metric has really been on our side. And we're like, Oh my God. I feel like it's the opposite outside of uh Chimaya, When he gets the fight to the ground, they seem to love him when he's on the ground. Yeah. It's bias, man. Bias, bias. I mean, Romanoff absolutely, you know, just murked his opponent and had a, a ton of points, but there are so many matchups where you're like, you're comparing websites and you're like, how do these stats not even make, you know, add up? No, I'm, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you on that. Of course, this is the MMA Strategy Show right here on AwesomeO.com. That is the fighter, Pete Rogers Jr. I am Jason Ford. Of course, be sure to hit that like button. Also, uh, be sure to subscribe to AwesomeO. It's always got a ton of content. Hit that notification bell so you know a new video is live on the channel. Also, all of our shows 
are available on the Awesome o Podcast Network. And I do want to let you know about uh, our Awesome o Weekly Pass, where you can get access to all the great Awesome o Plus tools and content for nearly every DFS sport out there with an Awesome o Plus Weekly Pass for twenty nine ninety five. This includes full access to all the premium content and tools on awesomeo.com, including player projections, ownership projections, and our premium Slack channel, and much more. Now, if you're only looking for MMA, then sign up for our weekly MMA package for only $8.95. Stop guessing, start winning, join Awesome o Plus today. Those are tools that uh, Pete uh, and I use every week, whether we're talking MMA, baseball, basketball, whatever it may be. Those are tools we are using to help cash in on our lineups. And uh, you got to ch- take advantage of those offers that we have over there at awesome.com. And we do have premium, free premium content every day. Next up, we, we've got a uh, we've got Marcus Perez, and uh, I'm not going to try to butcher this guy's name. You you know what? Tell me a little bit about him, man. Uh, Marcus Perez against uh, Drikas Duplessis, and uh, Duplessis is a is a very very highly touted prospect. Like I think that this kid is the real deal. Uh, Fourteen and two, um, coming out of South Africa. The guy is super super talented. Um, comes in 14 victories, hundred percent finish rate. So this is some, some guy that you should look to circle. Uh, Marcus Perez is definitely not an easy matchup at all and has fought some UFC competition, but overall two and three in the UFC. Um, and we have seen him struggle a little bit against, uh, some grapplers or high volume strikers. Um, and I think that, uh, Duplessis in this matchup could really put him in some bad spots. Um, you know, I think Duplessis from everything that I've seen, the guy goes for it. I mean, he really does. He, he goes for guillotine chokes, a lot of TKO finishes has been finished in the past as well because he's so reckless, but it's against top competition, uh, uh, against Soldich and Soldich is a highly touted prospect as well on KSW. So I am really liking this guy Duplessis at 8,400. Um, as far as underdogs, Marcus Perez really Outside of having UFC experience, he's he's a guy that is just kind of okay overall. I mean, he checks a lot of boxes at, in the okay department, but uh, I think that Duplessis is, uh, should edge him out despite it being his UFC debut. What's your thoughts on uh, Oren Fanduel? Duplessis seventeen dollars, Perez sixteen. I think uh, you know they're showing respect to the UFC veteran, and that kind of makes sense. Uh, you know, you don't want to overprice a, a newcomer, but. Um, I feel like, you know, DraftKings kind of has it right. I think Duplessis is the A-side in this fight. Marcus Perez kind of has been somewhat disappointing. Um, let me pull up his record right here. I, I think about, you know, his last performance against uh, Wellington Terman. Um, you know, did he, he can go to the well with his submissions, you know, getting an anaconda choke over Anthony Hernandez. Um, but, man, I just like this guy, Duplessis. I really do. And maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but uh, – 8,400 for a finisher, 100% finish rate out of 14 victories, highly touted prospect. Sign me up. I'm sure he gets it done one way or another. Um, 8,400 is not a crazy price tag. We're not saying the L word, are we? No, 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 no. I mean, it's not It's not like my boy Tom Aspinall or, or Romanov. Uh, but, uh, you know, I do like him in this matchup. So you're basically saying you're the fan club. You're, you're the president of the Tom Aspinall fan club? Yeah, I definitely am. Uh now, if if Aspinall fought Romanov, I don't know who the heck I'm picking. You'd be torn. You'd be torn a little bit. I might pick Aspinall. I like this guy. Speaking of Aspinall, he, he's the next matchup we're, we're going to talk about. 9,400 on, on DK. 
and uh, twenty one dollars on Fanduel. It's my boy. I mean, what else you want me to say? The guy's good. Uh, he's really good. Uh, Aspinall throws great boxing combinations. Um, comes from a good camp in Team Calbon. Uh, one of Darren Till's main uh, training partners. Um, facing Alan uh, Badeau. Uh, Badeau in here at sixty eight hundred. You're talking about heavyweight MMA. Eight dollars over on Fanduel. You know, one mistake, one shot that you thought you blocked and you your hand wasn't high enough, you get caught and you're waking up to bright light. So, Bordeaux comes in 88% finish rate out of his eight victories. Both of these guys are on the green side. So, what I mean by that is they're relatively new to MMA and high-level competition because, you know, they're like local legends, so to speak. And now they're starting to really get tested. I, I do think Tom Aspinall is the A side. I think he gets it done. Uh, it's just whether or not he pays off that 9,400 price tag, Jason. 9,400 for, a, you know, sometimes heavyweights stare at each other a little bit because they're worried about getting hit with the big shot. You know, you make your opponent respect the, you know, your power a little bit and you kind of put your foot on the brake a little bit, pump the brakes a little bit. But Aspinall, he should be a smash play here, buddy. But, I mean, the, the thing is, when you are playing him, roster construction. Yeah, so that is always the thing. It's like, say LeBron James is on the slate, right? Who the heck doesn't want to roster LeBron James? Like, But depending on how the rest of the slate is priced, sometimes fading that high-end option who could give you mediocre output is the way to go. Um, so I'll definitely have Aspinall's exposure, but I'll definitely avoid it as well because – you think about uh, casuals just going in there and plugging in the highest priced guy. He must be good. How does Aspinall get, how does he get caught? I guess is about the best way to put it. If for someone who maybe wants to go against the ownership and, and take a, take a stab at his opponent. Um, well, I would say that he has been submitted in the past. Uh, Alamba though is, uh, you know, he's a tall guy, big guy comes from a good Muay Thai background. So I don't really see him throw, going in there and trying to get him in a heel hook. I could see him just getting clipped with a shot in an exchange. and uh, But, man, Aspinall, bro. I, I like him. I really do. Next up, we'll go to uh, one of my uh, guys I've had a chance to talk to so frequently, probably over about the past two years, and that's Yusuf Zalal. One of the most active fighters in the UFC in 2020. Uh, you know, this has been a, a rough year for a lot of MMA fighters, but not Yusuf Zalal. This is a guy that's cashed in on the opportunities Stepping up on short notice back in February, and he's made every advantage of it here. And uh, but in another favorite spot here, eighty six hundred on DK. What's your take? So I'm a big fan of Yusef Zalal. I I think that he's so young, and he comes from a great camp. He has good striking, good wrestling too. And when you think about Yusef Zalal, you don't really think about how talented he is grappling wise, but he is. Um, now. There are some questionable moments in some fights, like especially against uh, Peter Barrett, where he does some things, and I'm like, you know, not the highest IQ, not like elite level IQ. Still shows that he's a young guy. He's 24. I mean, when I was in my early 20s, I was making plenty of mistakes. And, uh, you know, I think in the future, you're going to see Zalal be a top five, top 10 guy. I really do, because he's in the game getting UFC experience. Now, Going up against uh, Taporia, Taporia is a finisher, man. And Taporia is a threat on the mat. He really is. And uh, Yusuf Salal, at times, almost looked like he kind of got flustered at moments when he would get pressured against uh, Peter Barrett. 
and we know Peter Barrett and uh, Yusuf Zalal, if he stood on the outside, in that moment he did, he picked them apart from the outside, but showed a willingness to get the fight to the mat to somewhat avoid damage. Against a guy in uh, Ila Toporia who throws bombs, he's not just a grappler, but his A game is submissions. And, uh, you know, perhaps this guy can take advantage of a ill-advised shot or something. So Toporia at 7,600, it's not a terrible play, but he is making his UFC debut against a guy who is 3-0 in the UFC, who has excellent distance management, excellent footwork. Um, he's coached well. Zalal, if he stays on the outside, picks this guy apart. Toporia at 7,600, 100% finish rate. I'm circling him as a, you know, I always say I circle two or three, maybe four 7K options that I sprinkle in and mix and match. And uh, Taporio would definitely be one of them. Yeah, you know, one of the interesting things about, about Yusuf Salal is that, so his initial plan was to go down to 35. And, yeah. you know, he got into the UFC and basically, and, and he, he tell, his line that he'll tell you, he goes, I'm a skinny Moroccan kid. That's, that's, his, that's his line he says all the time. But because of kind of how everything's gone, he the last time I talked to him, he said he has no plans to go down to 35 anymore. He's going to make a run here at 45. Uh, and one of the reasons that he said that is he goes, look, I can't take a short nose fight at 35. He goes, it's just not possible. I have to, if I'm taking short nose fights, it's got to be at 45. And, and him and the team there at, at Factory X and also uh, the strength and conditioning people that he's working with, they're actually working on bulking him up a little bit. So, but I wouldn't be surprised if Zalal, I mean, my only concern with Zalal is at 8,600, yes, we've seen the volume. We've seen the movement out of him. But I want to I want to finish. I'm paying 8,600. Yeah, you start, you know, once you get north of 8,000, eh, about north of 8,500, you start needing to get 85 points and up in order to pay off your salary. And, uh, you know, it all is dependent on matchups. And in a matchup like this where a guy is most likely – going to look to try to submit you or pressure you with with big bombs uh sometimes you know the output just isn't there uh you know Zolal 8600 if he gets it done I just don't know if he really pays off the price tag exactly like you're saying but I still like him I, I think that he's a prospect in the division I really do next up we got uh KB Bilar taking on Tom Breeze uh KB Bilar is actually someone I'm familiar with Coming out of that uh, Canadian regional scene, it was actually supposed to be on the Contender Series, but that uh, did not happen. So now he's in this spot. Tom Breeze, uh, ninety one hundred. Bilar, seventy one hundred. Talk about a big step up in competition, Jason. Uh, you, you go from the Contender Series, hopeful like you're supposed to get on the Contender Series, and then try to compete towards awarding the con, you know, getting the contract. And uh, now, well, guess what? We need a, a last minute replacement for Tom Breeze who in the UFC is four and two. Now Tom Breeze has all the skills in the world and his detriment is what lies behind, you know, within his ears. And it's, it's his mental game. And sometimes he's really struggled with anxiety and confidence and everything. But, you know, I did listen to some interviews and it does sound like he's really, you know, done some self-reflection, uh, a lot of research, um, you know, med- between meditation and, and positive self-talk trying to really just get his mind right so that he can reach his potential because the skills are there. Tom Breeze, 9,100. He's priced appropriately for a guy facing, a you know, somebody who's stepping up on last minute notice. Um, it's just whether or not he can really conquer those mental demons. 
And the only person that really knows that is him. And, uh, you know, we can lay it all out there, but. Seeing is believing. And you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide. You know, he has been caught in the past, but out of his 11 victories, he does have a 91% finish rate. I do think Tom Breeze gets it done. I think it's a nice spot for him. Bular is somebody to to look at going forward. This is just not a good matchup for him, in my opinion. Um, debut fight, you're asking a lot. Yeah, it's uh, you know when you know KB is a guy that I've talked as I mentioned I've talked to on, on several occasions, but yeah, it's a tough spot, and uh, you know, and obviously you you bring up some great points about some of the, some of the things that we've seen with Tom Breeze uh, in the past. Uh, next up, we got heavyweights Dawkins and Nascimento. Nascimento, uh, you know, a, a pricey fighter here at, at 9200 7000 for Dawkins. Yeah, you know, Nascimento and 9200 you know, besides the contender series fight, doesn't, you know, and now his, his one fight in the UFC, he was relatively unknown, but the guy does have a strong, strong ground game coming from American Top Team. And anybody that's coming from American Top Team, you know that they're well coached. Uh, you know, they have a wealth of big guys down there for for jiu-jitsu they got good strikers they have every style down there to imitate and chris Dawkins going up against parker porter in his last fight um you know it was a good spot to take advantage of uh you know heavyweight mma of guys slinging leather who's the more technical and it was Dawkins in that situation uh Dawkins has been finished in the past despite having an, a good overall game um you know decent striker can can get the finish. Definitely is a better striker than he is on the ground. But the Dawkins brothers are schooled on the ground, and you know they have skills. It's just if you have a big, big heavyweight on you who's used to training with the likes of uh, some dominant grapplers at America Top Team, that's a that's a very tough task. So ninety two hundred, I think, is warranted um, for Nascimento. I think that he can get it done via the grappling route and could. You know, I wish he was cheaper. He could, uh, you know, put up a high score. Dawkins is a uh, a dart throw based on mm-hmm. him, throw, you know, you know, slinging leather trying to get the KO. I just really don't see it happening this matchup. Yeah, I mean, I guess the question I'll ask you is, you know, and I'll have to go in the fantasy cruncher really to kind of put this together. But can you team up Nascimento and Aspen all together? Um, I don't see. The thing is, right, Dawkins. 
Dawkins is really tough. And um, I just don't know if I see a finish coming from Nascimento. I, I do. I do think Aspinall goes out there and, and puts some, you know, Bado away since it's going to be a striking match. I, it's it's so tough to say, but I mean, pairing two 9K options is always difficult unless you really, really like some low options. Yeah, that, that's a, that's going to be the big question mark is, is some of these lower options. Do you want to go to them? You know, and, and next up, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you think Joaquin Buckley can catch Impa. I, I'm not saying I believe in that. Uh, Impa, 8900 Joaquin Buckley, 7300 uh, Impa, $19 on FanDuel and $12 for Buckley. So Impa Kasang and I coming from the contender series and then now, you know, having a nice performance against Maki Patolo. Um, you know, he's so green. It's crazy. Uh, Kasang and I is eight and oh, we have like four fighters, Jason, that are four or five fighters that are eight and oh on this card. It's, it's pretty odd, but Kasang and I eight and oh, um, only 25% finish rate out of the eight fights. So that's really not the best. Um, Buckley though, He's a talented guy who throws bombs and uh, coming off of um, his last fight against Kevin Holland, he's just knocked out not too long ago. Let me check the date on it. I feel like it's like two months ago. It's in August. Okay, so it feels so much closer than, well, yeah, two months ago. Okay. Um, pretty, pretty quick turnaround, Jason. Like pretty quick turnaround, you know, when you got brutally KO'd. Um, Kasang and I doesn't have many finishes at 25% finish rate in his eight fights, but facing a guy who was just KO'd recently, sometimes you hit that off switch and it happens a little bit easier this time. So I do favor Kasang and I in here, Buckley, somebody you can look at because he throws bombs. He's talented. He has some big wins on, on Bellator. Um, and then took that fight against Kevin Holland on short notice. This would be a big win if he comes in here and upsets Kasang and I. I mean, look against Holland. He brought it, man. He he. Yeah. There was there was no fear. He was coming straight forward, and uh, you know, and we'll see how that goes with him. But I'm uh, I'm super high on Imp. I, I think this guy's got, uh, you know, he's obviously still a developing fighter, and and to see kind of how he does uh, progress forward in his career, is, he's definitely somebody I'm really interested in this UFC division here. Uh, then we got Ali versus Kelly. Kelly was a guy that we talked about when he made his UFC debut. On short notice, he, he came in there and just, uh, you know, really just ran out of time. Yeah. Man, what a crazy matchup. It's so weird because we're seeing so many of the sim- the same fighters fighting. And it's like, you know, one week that we're breaking down, they're fighting against somebody. And then, you know, a couple weeks go by and now we're matching A and B together. It's just so interesting. Um, you know, you got Kelly here against Al Casey and, uh, Kelly's the striker of the matchup and Al Casey's the grappler. And that's, that's the best way to put it. You know, Kelly throws volume strikes with excellent footwork. Um, he actually got outstruck in his previous fight. It was getting hurt a lot with shots to the body. Now I do think that was matchup related. And I don't think that Al Casey can really replicate that. I mean, Kai Kamaka was really lighting him up, hitting him to the body and making Kelly shell up and just teeing off. I do think that Kelly is a little overpriced though, Jason 8,700 for a guy that is only six and two overall. Like he, you know, he's six and two overall doesn't have the best record. Seems like he does have some hype and buzz around him because of maybe what he does in the training room or who he knows or whatever. But realistically, both of these guys are 0 one in the UFC. 
Alkaisi is going to do everything he can to get the fight to the mat. He show, he has shown that when he gets the fight to the mat, you know, he's pretty dangerous. But Tony Kelly, if you go back and you look at, you know, his early career pre-UFC, uh, pre you know, split decision loss against Kevin Aguilar in Legacy, that, that's a tough fight. That is a tough fight. And Alkaisi really hasn't been tested to the same level. Um, has more finishes and does have, you know, it's interesting. 7,500 for Alkaisi is interesting. Minus 230 for Kelly. A little wide. But, uh, you know, the volume striking could definitely uh, could definitely help him out here. Who who you like in the matchup? I, I'm liking Kelly in the matchup. I don't love the pricing, though. Yeah. The pri- when I saw the 8,700 price tag, I was like, oh, man, that, that is a price tag that I don't know if I want to pay. May- maybe he goes out there, right? And maybe he feels better and he goes out there and puts on a show against a guy that really can't match the striking. Like Kai Kamaka really surprised me in that fight. Because when Kelly would throw a combination and light him up, I mean, Kelly was like on his way to potentially winning that fight and like coming back at times, uh, you know, Kai Kamaka would answer and put him in danger. I don't, I don't think Al Kaisi can really do the same on the feet. I really don't. I think he will need to be shooting for takedowns left and right in order to keep this competitive. It was a tale of two fights in that one. And just Kelly just, you know, turn it on uh, just a little too late uh, in that one. Next up, we got uh, your boy uh, Jacazy taking on Omar Morales. Jacazy seventy nine hundred, Omar Morales eighty three hundred. I, I kind of feel like this is another fight that you got to kind of look at as I, I don't know if I want to say must roster, but something you got to be considering. It's interesting. It's an interesting matchup. I, I mean, Giga Jacazy. If you don't know who he is, we've broken him down like three times now. I feel like in quarantine, it's crazy. The guy's been pretty active. Um, comes in seventy nine hundred against Omar Morales, who's eighty three hundred. Um, Chikadze, uh, a glory kickboxer and, uh, you know, really known for the giga kick, which is a question mark kick. So super fancy kicks, uh, a lot of dexterity with his legs. Um, he's able to do a lot, not the best boxing in the world, usually likes to stay on the outside and kick the heck out of his opponents and light them up from the outside and, and you know, kind of outpoint them. Um, you know, comes in 70% finish rate. Omar Morales, uh, has made the the drop down to 145 pounds over time. I feel like he's going to be a massive man in this matchup, despite coming in the shorter of the two. I just look at him, right? And maybe it's the videos that I see or something, the camera angles. I don't know. But when I look at him, Jason, I'm like, this guy makes 45. It's just some fighters, when you look at them, it's so hard to to really picture them at that weight class. You'd have to see him in person. But Morales looks huge. He has the boxing advantage in this matchup. Uh, he, can, he can kick with the best of them. Really good kickboxing. So minus getting caught with something crazy or something weird from Giga Chikadze, I do think Morales is big enough to kind of walk down Giga Chikadze, hit him with some powerful punches. And if you know it gets ugly, he can take down Giga Chikadze. Uh, the guy has the, the grappling advantage in this fight. Absolutely. Like he really does. So, Despite my my love for Giga Chikadze in previous matchups, I'm going Morales. Wow, I was not expecting that one. I I, yeah. I, I mean, I know Chikadze uh, is your boy, so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Of course, if you do want to see the odds for these fights, just got to go to awesomeo.com right top of the page. Click on Odd Shopper. It'll get you to the odds, not just for MMA, but for all sports that we have up there. Also, be sure to follow Awesomeo on Facebook and IG as we are providing 
free Osmo Plus player projections for NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and so much more on Instagram at Osmo underscore com. And of course, just search for Osmo on Facebook. You'll see all the stuff that we got there. Definitely want to check that out. Uh, two more fights uh, to uh, break down here before we get into listener questions. We got a female matchup of Tracy Cortez. Of course, uh, Cortez, 9,000. What's your take? Man, pretty hefty price tag, Jason. Cortez, 9,000. Um, you know, she is, she's one and only UFC. I mean, but she has fought some decent competition. If you look at it, I mean, her performance on the Contender Series I mean, she went out there and she beat Maria Agapova, who we were all pretty high on, and then she went out there and put up a stinker. But, uh, you know, Vanessa Mello victory, Maria Agapova victory. Um, Cortez likes to take the fight to the ground as she has good wrestling, good jiu-jitsu, good boxing. In this matchup, I don't think that it's a an easy one. Uh, Egger here at 7,200, you know, a judo practitioner where – if you get close to her, she will dump you on her on your head, um, you know, and and work towards a finish. I mean, Cortez comes in seven and one, only twenty nine percent finish rate, not the best. More of a grinder, not a finisher. Egger uh, comes in five and one, eighty percent finish rate. So she likes to really toss you, work towards a submission, aggressive striking to a clinch, um, you know. And if Cortez doesn't stay on the outside. I can really see Egger reversing a lot of positions. And you're talking about women's MMA, 135 pounds, how, you know, variant this, you know, these divisions are sometimes with results. I I think you could do worse than Egger at 7,200. I will definitely circle her as a a GPP play, as somebody that I'm looking towards that will go out there and push the pace and try to get me a first round or second round W, um, you know, Cortez's style of punch, punch into a clinch and then working towards takedowns could work right into the strength of Egger. Um, so it's an interesting matchup. I'm really going to have a lot of exposure here. So are you saying armbar from guard? Yeah, gosh. That seems like how, how they've been going, right? Um, I don't know. I, I really don't. I, I don't know how I see this fight going other than um, – you know, if Cortez closes the distance, she could wind up getting tossed. And our opening fight of the night has our second biggest favorite on the card, Tegra at, at 9,300, taking on Silva at 6,900. Yeah, uh, Ulan is uh, is a prospect, man. Uh, comes in minus 400 favor over Silva. You're talking about a guy who trains with Habib Nurmagomedov. I believe it's his cousin, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. I mean, it's such a powerful camp. And, uh, you know, you're talking about 125-pound fighters here. The action is going to be crazy. The pace is going to be crazy. So not you don't always want to avoid lighter fights. Um, and it's because what they they lack in finishing ability, they make for they make up for with activity. And uh that you know, increase of activity means usually higher volume, more scrambles, more takedowns. Um 9,300 for a debuting fighter is uh, pretty interesting. I'll, I'll definitely have some exposure here. Silva has skills. He has striking skills. He has grappling skills. But I think, like, he's limited for how long he can dominate in those areas. I just think long run, Lombokov runs away with this fight the longer it goes. And, uh, 
you know, I, I just think that he's a prospect for a reason. Yeah, no, there's no question about that. Of course, uh, start lining up those questions right now about these fights in in YouTube. Also, I'll, I'll be checking in our premium slot account here momentarily. But do want to uh, hit up Joe, uh, who came over in the super chat. He says, as he goes, uh, always looking forward to. Uh, he goes, my famous question: Who are your locks of the week? And any merchandise coming soon, Pete? Hey, what's up, buddy? Um, yeah, no update on the merchandise. Um, as far as locks, I mean. I like Aspinall. We know we all know that. I don't think I gotta, you know, reiterate that. I really like him there. Um, outside of him, I mean, there's exposure a little bit everywhere. I mean, there's not too many fighters that I'm crossing off. Um, I guess he'd probably be my lock for a W. I just don't know about ninety four hundred paying off the price tag. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an expensive price. There's a couple of fighters, you know, that you look throughout this card and you just say, man, they're expensive. So uh, start lining up those questions. We'll uh, be, be here for another uh, 10-ish minutes or so. Answering your question, uh, Dragonfly says this card is pay-per-view quality compared to last week's card. Yeah. I'm off on Sunday, uh, so I can actually watch all this fight card on, on Saturday night as opposed to last last uh, Saturday night when uh, midway through the co-main event, I said, peace. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I, I enjoyed the fights last last week, but you know this fight card—they're bringing it. They really are. Um, I'm I'm excited. I, I'm really excited for it, and you can see that the talent overseas has been waiting, waiting, and waiting. And now Dana and and the matchmakers are finally able to put put together some stack cards. Yeah, no, I mean it's you know one of the things of I mean look I, I was watching the Fight Island documentary they that's on ESPN Plus now. If, if you've not catched that out, I would highly recommend uh, going there. Uh, let's see here. Um, all right, Samuel with his usual questions, so we'll just fire them off uh, right here. Top two underdogs, top two heavy favorites, and upset of the night. Okay. Um. Well underdogs that I'm my two favorite underdogs that I'm looking towards for DFS would probably be Egger is one of them. Um, man, the underdogs are ugly. I probably say despite the notoriety of Barboza, I will be plugging in Amir Khani in a decent amount of lineups. Uh, Samuel says, contrarian move, pivot fights from the main and co-main event. Um, I love the main event and co-main event. I'll getting, I'll be having exposure to both sides of them. Uh, but I think the Zalal Taporia fights interesting because of how aggressive Taporia is. Breeze and Bilar, um, Nascimento and, and Dawkins as well is interesting. I think what makes fading Maurice Sanhagen is the price point on DK. It's so appealing on DK for both guys. Yeah, I mean, it's very tough to have mid-range 8,000 plays not come through for you with two extra rounds if it goes the distance. Um, I probably won't be fading the main event too often. Yeah, I don't think it will be either. Uh, Samuel, appreciate you uh, in the super chat. He says, what are top fights that we are likely to be targeting or excited about on DraftKings? Uh, thanks, fellas. Uh, obviously, main, I think I think the main event, uh, Chikese Morace 
uh, Morales, excuse me, I should say. Um, that is one that, that interests me. And then the other one, probably Impa and Buckley. Yeah, that fight interests me, but not really for DFS. I mean, I could be, I could be wrong. Uh, maybe Buckley comes in here with a full camp and just wipes out the hype of Kasanganai. I mean, that's totally possible. Um, I like Barboza Amirkani. That's a fight I'm really interested in. The fight I'm most interested in is the main event, obviously. I want to see Aspinall uh, fight again. I want to see more than 40 seconds, I hope. I just want to see, like, maybe I'm a little off on him. Maybe he's not as good as I think. Mm -hmm. But from everything that I've seen, the eye test, I really like him. Um, You know, Strikers Delight, Morales, Chikaze, I'm still not really excited about that fight for whatever reason. I'm not sure why. I think that they could be both hesitant, both low-output strikers. Um, You know, Breeze and Bellars is interesting because uh, the story behind Breeze. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, someone asked me if I was was taking Bellar for the upset. Will I have a lineup with Bellar in it? Yes, I will. But that's just because I play multiple lineups. And... At 7,100, he allows me to get some other other fighters in there. What what would you say out of 10 times? How, how many times you win that fight? Two. Yeah. That's that's about what I'm saying, too. It's a big step up of competition from Huge. contender series Huge. to highly ranked opponent. And a guy, Tom Breeze, who was regarded as a, as a guy that, that had a lot of promise. But... If Breeze goes in there and falls apart, I mean, Bilar could literally shatter his confidence early. Someone else, if I'm taking the first fight of the night, that's probably a big inno. Really? No luck? Well, because he's priced up. If if he wasn't 9,300, I think you'd be taking a uh, If he was... 8,600 and under, you'd be taking him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I look at it and say, I would rather take Nascimento at $100 less and pair him with Aspinall. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but you kind of take a wait and see approach a lot. And, you know, I feel like you're a lot safer than say me when it comes to like certain things. Like I will, you know, I'll take a shot in a guy that I haven't really seen, but that has a ton of promise. Um, and look, and and when you're talking about someone making their UFC debut, you don't know what to expect. Yeah. I would say that Russians do it different, though. Like, the guys that come out of Habib's camp, they just seem ready for anything. Like, you know, don't they seem, like, just mentally tougher than a lot of fighters coming yeah. over? Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's uh, two weeks away from uh, Khabib Gaethje. That's going to be a fun one to break down. Oh, man, I don't want to get my hopes up because I don't want somebody to fall apart with an injury or something happened you know it's just like when it's the week of i'll get excited about it yeah no no it, it, you're you've been around the sport way too long so you know yeah. you know yeah uh joe says uh if aspinall gets to their finish in this fight do you look for a top 15 opponent for him next if so who do you have in mind maybe the winner of hardy versus green i think that they know what they got in aspinall the aspinall is a He's really good. And from everything that Darren, he beats Darren Tillup daily. And, you know, granted, totally different weight classes, but the it doesn't matter. Darren Till is so, so talented. Um, 
you know, I think that with a with a prospect like that in the heavyweight division, they need to make sure that they're not ruining their prospects like some other promotions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sam says, uh, yeah, yeah. You know exactly you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm guessing this is related to my text message you earlier today. Yes. Bro, why? Why? Why is Melvin Manhoff being fed to Corey Anderson? I don't know. He is going to get grapple left the whole fight. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a perfect matchup for him. It's a perfect matchup for him. Dude, I saw when I saw it come across my timeline, then I got the email, press release on it. I was just like, why? Like, Corey Anderson should not be fighting Melvin Manhoff. Melvin Manhoff should not be fighting Corey Anderson. Give me guys who, you tell me Melvin Manhoff's fighting, give me someone who's going to stand and trade with him. I know. If you're a part of Melvin's team, like the Joe Schilling fight was perfect. You know, like that's the type of fights you need. I talked to Joe uh, today, actually. Did you? Yeah, so he's fighting uh, next Thursday against uh, Curtis Milliner. Really good, really fun fight. Should be a that's a fun fight. Should be a, a banger of a fight. And uh, I thought one of the most interesting things that he has said. So with uh, work with his uh, work with Daniel Rodriguez, he's been working with Eddie Bravo for like the last uh, couple of months. Nice. Yeah. He, nice. He, yeah. His big thing is about how he's really working on his grappling. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I actually uh, funny fun story. I'll tell you more off air. But I uh, I trained with Joe Schilling on the ground and America Top Team. Uh, he, I don't, he, I don't know how long he was down there for, but, uh, I, I was training with him for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Samuel goes, uh, who's your guy's favorite sleeper? I, I probably say Amir Khani. That doesn't make you feel comfortable though. No, right? no, like, no. Let me like, I, I'm, I'm okay. From a DraftKings salary, I'm saying 7,500 and under. That's a sleeper to me. Yeah. Um, I think Taporia is interesting. I really do. 7,600 for a guy who has so much hype. So law is going to be penciled in a lot of people's lineups. Taporia comes in here, can capitalize on one mistake on the ground. Um, and like I mentioned before, Egger, 7,200 women's MMA. Makes sense. Uh, Joe says if Khabib or Gaethje doesn't make it to the fight, would Tony Ferguson be a top option or place? Nope. It is Michael Chandler. Chandler will be on fight Island. As a backup, just in case anything happens. Crazy. Um, yeah, crazy. Coker had a great line. He says, if my, my guy leaves my organization, he's thrown right into a title mixture. Says a lot about my, my lightweight division. I love it. I, I love that. Yeah. Uh, we'll leave on this one. Joe says, I hate to see this. I'm all Corey Anderson guy. I hope he comes out strong, but he needs to leave his chin down. He really could seriously get KO badly. Yeah. He could. Yeah. He, he could. I mean, like, he really could. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that, that's a fight that uh, Corey wrestled. Do not, do not try to uh, become a striker. Yeah, I mean, know your role. No, I, I mean, don't try to prove anything. You already proved it against Johnny Walker that you can knock people out. Just go out there and uh, just dominate. And of course, uh, live before lock on Saturday. I want to say we'll be on at four forty-five p.m. Eastern time. I want to say uh, fights start at six p.m. Eastern time, so we'll lead you up to the fight. So. You got to join us on Saturday live before at lock. Uh, Pete, of course, uh, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? The one thing I'd like to mention is that I think this week, more than any other week, since there's so many fights, paying attention to the weigh-ins and seeing how, let's say, Barboza at 45 looks again. I mean, just because he had a good cut the last time doesn't mean anything. Uh, you know, he could have a bad cut this time. 
Um, you know, you want to take advantage of some, some bad weight cuts or what we read on the weigh-in. So, uh, Check us out on Saturday. If we helped you guys out tonight, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. We will be back and, uh, you know, get those questions ready for Saturday. I can't wait to make some money. And, of course, if you want to re-listen to the show on your way to work tomorrow, download the podcast on the Osmo Podcast Network. That is going to do it for this edition of the MMA Strategy Show right here on Osmo.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.